Nowadays, there's stuff, and there's stuff you don't need to know. A podcast that talks about geek and nerd culture and brings you the things that you want to hear about. What's up, know-it-alls? You got stuff you don't need to know. This is Jay. Let's get down to it. So, Stargirl just wrapped up. Stars and Stripe Part 2 just came out last night. So, 13 episodes in the can, as they say, and that is the first season on Stargirl. Now, last week, I did not do an episode on Stars and Stripe Part 1, just because I knew these were the last two episodes, uh, and they really kind of, if you really look at it it's it's really kind of like a a season ending little bit of a movie so i decided let's just wrap everything up all at once uh i'll talk a little bit about the last two episodes but i really just want to talk about uh this first season of star girl in general my impressions of it and my overall take so i really don't think i need to say it at this point but spoilers will be coming so these last two episodes stars and stripe part one and two i mean this is a great way to wrap up this season and I'm going to be honest if this is the only season of Stargirl that they do I think they did an amazing job uh you know looking over at the Watchmen the Watchmen series that was on HBO it was one season long it wrapped up really really well and you know I'm sure some people especially with the way that it ended I'm not going to give any spoilers I'm not really going to be talking about that but the way that that series ended, you know, people kind of said, well, my God, come on, they set it up, you know, they set it up to continue. Yeah, they could, but do they really need to? And, you know, I mean, obviously, Stargirl's going to go into a second and a third and, you know, who knows how many seasons. Of course, there's going to be crossovers with the rest of the Arrowverse and everything like that. But honestly, if you really think about it and you really look at these last two episodes and really just how this season was done, this is a great way to end it. And, you know, even without the little stinger scenes at the end, you know, you kind of take those out because, of course, they're going to set up what's going to be coming in the next season or two two or three seasons, you know, down the road. Really, the way this show ended up um, with kind of that final scene at Christmas with, you know, Pat and Courtney really kind of resolving a lot of issues where, yeah, earlier in the episode, you know, when Pat was being influenced by uh, the ISA's, you know, brainwave machine, we'll call it, I guess. And he's actually, you know, brainwave takes control of him and actually has him in the striped suit fighting Courtney. And Courtney gets through to him by basically saying, you know, calling him dad and saying, I am your daughter. And, you know, in that final fight between uh, her and Icicle, um, actually where, you know, before Courtney shows up, you know, Jordan has uh, Barbara up there on the roof and he's basically, he's still trying to like convince her that his, his plan is right and that she should come along with him. And when, of course, she refuses and even kind of throws the line in there that, you know, if your wife could see the man you you became, you know, she would be horrified. And of course, you know, he realizes at this point he's kind of lost her. And he's like, you know, after I throw you off this roof, I'm, I'm going to kill Courtney. I'm going to kill Pat. You know, I just want you to know that. And of course, Pat shows up to fight him. And it's great because in that final fight scene, you know, he's like, you don't have your stripe suit. You don't have any powers. You're going up against me. I'm Icicle. You know, what do you really think you're going to do? And he's like, it's not what I'm going to do. It's what my daughter is going to do. So, you know, it's great to see how, 
when the season started, you know, obviously Courtney is like, I got a new stepdad and he's taking me away from my really cool life here in California out into the middle of nowhere, Nebraska. And, you know, learning that who Pat really was, finding the cosmic staff, uh, the conflict back and forth between them with her wanting to be Stargirl, feeling that this was her legacy and even more than just her legacy. Courtney was the type of person that, you know, she always wanted to do the right thing. And when she had the power to really do the right thing, she she really wanted to step it up. She really wanted to be a hero. Pat, of course, you know, kind of being the protective father, Courtney pushing back against that, looking at him as, you know, no father, but just an annoying stepfather, you know, just this annoying guy. And then, you know, towards the end of the season, when she actually meets her real father, First, there's that disappointment that Starman is not, you know, Sylvester Pemberton is not her dad. It's, you know, it's this deadbeat guy, Sam, and Pat really kind of stepping up and, you know, not kind of putting it in Courtney's face going, you know, come on, I'm, I'm 10 times the dad than, than this guy. Just just being a dad, just looking out for her. And, you know, there was that that scene where after you know, her real father, Sam, after he left and obviously he took her locket, you know, and that's really all, that's all he really wanted is he just wanted money really from her. He actually didn't care about her. And, you know, for Pat to kind of step in and say, you know, you know, I'm your punching bag, you know, yell at me, hit me, take all that frustration out and for her to break down and, and, and cry and hug him and realize that all this time, you know, she, she's searching for this father and this father figure. And he was right there in the form of Pat Dugan. I mean, it's just great storytelling, but you know, it's a long winded way of, um, getting back to sort of like the final scenes again before the stingers of at Christmas time with them resolving everything with Courtney giving him the mug that she intended to give, you know, her father all those Christmases ago when we saw the JSA defeated. Um, it's that mug that she probably made when she was in kindergarten or first grade, world's greatest dad, and she gave it to him. And then we see that later on um, her and the cosmic staff go out and, you know, and, I really actually love this scene because, first of all, I love seeing Courtney flying on the cosmic staff, kind of the way we see her do it in the comics, you know, kind of riding it like a broom, like it's side saddle. Um, with her going out to the water tower, the the water tower, the you know the Blue Valley water tower with the giant American flag on it, but still you know call it corny, call it hokey, but if you've read you know Stars and Stripe, you know the. Um, the Jeff Johns comic that kind of inspired this TV show, the one that, you know, that was kind of Jeff Johns, you know, foot in the door at DC Comics. You know, that was the story that he wanted to tell. To kind of see that, you know, to see the way Courtney flying around side saddle and, you know, posing with the American flag like she did or just sitting there and then to have Pat show up in Stripe and the two of them just having a moment there, just sitting atop that water tower, looking out over Blue Valley. You know, it's Christmas Day. It had snowed and... Again, the American flag is billowing behind them and just, you know, the two of them looking at each other and just having that understanding. You could end the series right then and there. You know, the the ISA was thwarted. Uh, you know, they were defeated. The JSA came out triumphant. There were a lot of great character arcs and, and stories kind of, you know, wrapped up in, in, in this season. Yeah, there was some tragedy. Um, but I think overall, there was some really great storytelling here at the end. And like I said, obviously, you know, with especially with the stinger scenes, you know, there's going to be another season, at least if, if not two or three or four more seasons, you know, it's, it's the CW, you know, so obviously there's going to be more seasons. 
But like I said, um, just with the way the whole story wrapped up with the ISA thwarted, their plans thwarted with Courtney and Pat really coming to that understanding, you know, Pat having been a father the entire series, Courtney finally realizing that, you know, even Rick, Rick Tyler, you know, wrapping up his arc where he went from this angry kid who thought his parents abandoned them to becoming this angry kid who realized that he was orphaned by the ISA when, you know, his story kind of wraps up with, you know, we knew it was coming. He's going to fight Solomon Grundy. Uh, you know, a couple episodes ago when they're in that underground passage, uh, you know, he actually finds where Solomon Grundy is. He's trying to break in there. He, he wants that fight. And, you know, when this final fight comes up, when they're going to shut off the machine, you know, Rick is still like, you know, once we get this done, I'm finding Solomon Grundy and I'm going to kill him. Um, it's pretty interesting in that when he's, cause he's paired off with Yolanda, you know, in that scene where he makes that declaration and Yolanda is like, you know, you don't do that. We don't, you shouldn't kill him. And he's like, why? Because God says not to do it. And they get into a little kind of conversation there. And, you know, with Yolanda saying, yeah, exactly. That's why you shouldn't do it. And Rick, and, you know, I kind of understand where Rick is coming from here. He's like, you know, well, why 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 should i let that be a reason to stop me you know god let my parents die he let solomon grundy kill them he he let them basically you know make me an orphan um you know why shouldn't why shouldn't i kill him and then of course um in that epic final battle where oh my god i mean this final battle between the ISA and the JSA um, with so many people getting involved. I mean, with Cindy getting freed, you know, as Shiv and, and her fighting Courtney, her killing her father or actually, well, wounding him because I believe Dragon King um, did get away. Uh, I mean, the fighting there was absolutely amazing. Um, even the fight between Stripe and Solomon Grundy. And, you know, look, people say, well, Solomon Grundy was like a, a CGI character for a, a television show you know the cgi solomon grundy was actually pretty good and that final fight where uh you know rick tried to take him on he gets knocked aside and then stripe comes in and makes the save and that kind of fight between solomon grundy and stripe was really really good and i mean you knew what was going to happen i mean it's the way the show goes it, it's really even with all the tension and all the drama and and, and the loss and everything that happens in it this is still really like a golden age story. So, you know, when Solomon Grundy is really, you know, beating on Stripe and, and ripping up, ripping him apart, you know, limb by limb, prying it open and, and Pat is there and open and exposed. And right before that final blow kind of comes down, you know, our man comes in and makes the save and continues the fight. I mean, you just, it's, it's a golden age story. So, you know, this is going to happen, but again, you know, it was, it was really amazing effects work with you know the rendering of solomon grundy the rendering of the stripe suit and even when rick as our man is 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 fighting solomon grundy i mean it's a really for a tv show it's a really believable fight um you know is it movie quality no but it's pretty darn close and again it's really great because in that fight i mean towards the end of it you know of course as you know our man's powers when he turns that hourglass over he's blessed with that super strength but only for an hour and knowing he only has a few minutes left you know rick is trying to finish the fight and you know he has solomon grundy down and you see solomon grundy really you know rick kind of sees him for who he is and he's sort of like 
I don't want to say he's like a mindless beast, but he's basically a pawn. You know, he's a pawn for the ISA, and Rick is unable to do it. He basically, you know, he was going to kind of clunk him over the head with a side of concrete there. He tosses it aside and, and basically is just tells Solomon Grundy to get out of there. What's very unique, though, about that final fight is, you know, Yolanda is the one telling him that, you know, killing is wrong and, and he shouldn't do it. But yet when she's, you know, fighting her way and she's making her way towards, the, you know, that brainwave machine and she kind of comes in contact with those mindless drones that Dragon King has, and she's fighting them. And then the last one kind of reveals itself to be Henry Jr., uh, you know, and kind of telling the story that, you know, um, my father really didn't kill me. I've been surviving underneath here. I've been hiding out. You know, come on, let's go. And then kind of tips his hand. And I, I think a lot of people, you know, you watch the scene, you get very suspicious of it. Kind of tips his hand. And when he says, you know, where are your friends? And Yolanda, you know, pops the claws and kind of slashes him right across the throat, knowing that it's really Henry Sr. in disguise using his abilities, trying to really you know, get Yolanda to, to lead him towards Stargirl and all the others so he can, you know, really eliminate them all at once. So for her to kind of say that, you know, telling our man don't kill, she's the one that kills because, and, and again, we understand why she did what she did, you know, um, with, with her recon reconciling with Henry Jr. And then to see what Henry Sr. really did to his own son. I mean, the anger there. But right away, you know, afterwards, you, you do see the guilt in the aftermath. Um, another kind of tragic scene in this was, you know, while kind of the main part of the team is doing all the fighting, Beth, you know, Dr. Midnight and Barbara they decide to try to hack into, you know, this brainwave machine, really. And, of course, you know, the gambler is trying to thwart them. And, of course, um, you know, as Chuck tells her, you know, the gambler was kind of his big nemesis, you know, when he was the original Dr. Midnight. And it's really cool here when they kind of engage in a cyber battle. And Dr. Midnight is sort of like, look, you know, we're not going to be able to get past his defenses. I'm not going to be able to hack in. So we need to distract him. And they actually go and they hack all of his offshore bank accounts and begin to funnel the money out of it, which was really, really funny because it kind of shows where the gambler's priorities lay. Um, so they do thwart it. I mean, the machine gets thwarted. It gets destroyed by Courtney. But Jordan shows up and destroys the Dr. Midnight goggles and essentially kills Chuck. And, you know, just that whole thing at the end, you know, in the aftermath when um, everything's kind of wrapping up, we see Justin saying that he's going to head off and he's going to try to find, you know, the the surviving members of the, you know, Seven Heroes of Victory. And, you know, we kind of see everybody kind of dealing with the fallout of, of the battle you know we see that rick really looks like he's at peace courtney seems to be at peace and yolanda is really struggling with what she did but to see that image of beth there with the goggles you know and you know it's like it's it's not that the goggles are destroyed and it's not that she can't be dr midnight anymore it's she lost her best friend you know chuck was her best friend and you know we saw that in the scene where she you know they they come up with that plan to to thwart the gambler and as they're doing it you know he he really he tells beth that you know she is his best friend and you know yeah he's an ai but still they bonded, you know, the two of them really, really bonded. And it was sad. It was very, very sad to see overall. Okay. Overall impressions. 
I mean, I love this season, really from start to finish. I really didn't think there were any weak episodes in this show at all. I think all the ep- all the shows were amazing. All the episodes were amazing. It seemed like each week things got better and better. Um, like I said, you know, and the reason I feel like this could just be a single standalone season, yeah, we had some stingers, season two, season three, whatever's being set up, but um, the fact that they gave everybody a really, really good origin. They didn't really, really rush it. When we find out that Cindy is Shiv and, you know, there's that potential that, you know, Courtney knows who she really is, but does Cindy know who Courtney really is? And well, next episode, we just resolve it. You know, it's, it's, we're not dragging all this out. I mean, we're just getting to the meat and potatoes of it. I mean, I think overall, I think this is probably one of the better CW shows that I've seen in a while. It's probably one of the better hero shows, maybe, you know, aside from Doom Patrol that I've really seen in a while. And uh, with some of the stinger scenes there, like I said, I'm really, really excited for what's to come for this show. So let's talk about some of the stinger scenes. So like I said, um, not really so much a stinger scene, but, you know, Shining Knight basically saying that he's going to go out and look for the remaining, um, you know, seven years of victory. So that's definitely something. Um, we see another member of the ISA that we didn't really see all throughout the show, but, uh, you know, it's a villain by the name of Shade. So we see that, um, and in doing some reading for this episode, I found that, uh, in one of the earlier episodes, I think it's, it's either Tigress or Sportmaster, or maybe it's the bull, maybe it's the two of them basically saying that Shade was a member, but he disagreed with the plan and he kind of left. And really what we get in his little stinger scene there is... It's not so much that he disagreed with the plan. He knew the plan wouldn't work. So there are other members of the ISA out there. Uh, We see Cindy kind of going through um, kind of like a warehouse, I guess, where the ISA had kept some of their things. And she finds a a crystal. And basically, it contains a spirit called Eclipso. So that's definitely something to look forward to. But I think the big, 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 the big stinger scene, and again, I mean, if you haven't seen it, and really, honestly, at this point in the podcast, you know, I mean, you should know spoilers, but it looks like Starman is alive. Sylvester Pemberton went to Pat's old apartment in California looking for him, so that should, pretty, pretty, that should be pretty interesting for season two. But like I said, overall, love the show from start to finish, really no low points. I mean, if anything, with each episode, things got better and better. Even the effects, the fight choreography with with each episode they did, things got better and better. And um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to season two. Guys, thanks for listening. Do me a favor, head on over to Instagram. Stuff you don't need to know is there. I post pictures about the content that I talk about. Know it all. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you guys later. Yeah.